What's happening, friends? Welcome to another week of the show. Got a good one today because Alan Jackson will be on a little later. Let me say this. Morning, studio. Morning. Well, let's start with what happened at Lunchbox's house over the weekend. Because they're doing construction across from where you live, Lunch? Yeah, across the street. They're remodeling a house. So they've torn it out, gutted it or whatever. They're just tearing it all the way down. They're rebuilding. And I, I understand construction happening. It's a weekend. Fine. But... They are there, and the banging and the clang, clang, clang. It's 6.45 in the morning, and they're already, hey, up and at them. So we have audio. He we have audio. This is from 6.47 a.m. on Saturday morning. This is from inside Lunchbox's house, okay? okay. So you can hear what's going on. The birds are chirping. It's I mean, supposed to be the, a nice Saturday morning, but that would be frustrating. Does he have the window open? I'm assuming, that, did he say it's from inside his house? Is, is the window or door open? Lunchbox, when you recorded that? I opened the window so you could make sure yeah. you could hear it. Right. How do we feel about it? <sighs> I personally think you shouldn't be doing any construction, period, until 8 a.m. Yeah, like this goes for well, mowing the yard or weed eating because right. that can be just as annoying for people that are trying to sleep in or neighbors that are trying to. I side with you, Lunchbox, on this. Yeah. 647, especially on a Saturday. That's early. That's oh. really early. Which, I mean, you got to respect that they have work to do and they want to get it done, but you just, you kind of have to wait till the appropriate time. Did you say anything to them? No, because I don't know who's in charge. Like, I mean, they're up, like, just hammering and nailing, as you can tell. And I don't know who's the lead. I don't know who the boss is. And I figure they don't have control of it. I figure their boss tells them to come, and the boss probably isn't even there. So I don't know if I should call the boss, if I should, you know, show up at their office. I don't know. But yeah. that- Show up at their yeah, office. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> can you try to figure out something for tomorrow's show? Yeah, I'll try to get a hold of someone that works on the site or something. But 6.47 a.m., just not cool. Not cool at all. We can all agree on that, right? Yeah. Too early? Ugh. It's rare that we all agree on something with Lunchbox, or heck, all together anyway. Mm-hmm. But 647 so does good. seem good. I'm not early. a Karen. No, I don't think you're a Karen on this one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're a Karen on this one. We love it when you guys reach out to us. We know we wouldn't be the show we are without you. So if you need to know anything, need some advice, hit us up. It's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. My boyfriend and I went to eat on Friday night to the local Mexican restaurant in our area. After waiting 30 minutes from when we ordered, I asked a waiter if they could check on our food. He apologized for the wait and said the food would be coming soon. The entire time we were waiting, my boyfriend and I were arguing whether or not we should leave and just go somewhere else because we were starving. After 50 minutes of waiting, our food arrived. Oh, wow. 50 minutes for a bean burrito and a shrimp quesadilla. Unacceptable. I related to the waiter how disappointed we were that the food took so long. The staff was very apologetic and blamed it on the many to-go orders. We paid for our meal, left, and probably won't go back. How long would you wait for food? Would you give up and walk out, or would you wait it out? What would Bobby do? That's signed Julie. Now, I did just experience this. Kayla and I went to a restaurant we had never been to before near our house. We'd always been trying to go. We're like, let's just go tonight. We go, it is packed. We walk in, order our meals. We ordered an appetizer. The appetizer didn't come for almost 30 minutes. But the place is so packed. And I think because they didn't have enough staff, meaning during the pandemic, 
you didn't need a whole lot of staff because there weren't a whole lot of people. Well, now more people are coming in. I don't think they've hired staff back as quickly. And I noticed that. It took a long time. And then I noticed one kid in the back, like a blonde-haired kid, like 22, was cooking and was like cooking every order. Mm. So when this is happening, I'm looking around. I got my head on a swivel going, all right, what's the real problem here? Is it an inept waiter? Is it a cook? Is it the people? And I realized that they couldn't help it. They had too many people come at once, and it's not that it wasn't the waiter's fault. It wasn't the cook's fault. I sent a tip back to the cook, money. It was like, I see you back there busting your butt. I don't know if anybody else notices, but I notice it. And then we waited patiently. We were annoyed, but it wasn't annoyance we shared with anybody because we had looked around and said, this is not something they could help. Now, we would probably go back there for a bit because they didn't have enough staff. And I think that'll probably be, you know, a few months. And hopefully they do, and it'll be a better experience. But that's what I did. We didn't get our food for an hour and 10 minutes. It was awful. But it wasn't anyone's fault that I could have said, hey, this is not fun. The, wait- the waitress was struggling. She's running around like, I'm so sorry. And you have seen her bebop to tables? I would not. I would have been fine that night. I was fine that night. But I can't see your situation. If you look around and there's like two people in the restaurant... Or if it's to-go orders, I'm probably a little more annoyed. But I would have waited it out and just not gone back. What would you have done? Yeah, I would have waited because then by the time you get up and you leave and you go somewhere else, might as well have just waited. So that would be some of my logic behind sitting there. But I do understand the frustration. Oh, I was frustrated. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, however, I think it is smart to assess and try to put yourself in their shoes and, and realize that sometimes you know, things happen and we maybe just need to practice a little bit of patience. And then, yeah, it's up to you whether or not you want to go back. And do the opposite because if you notice your waiter or waitress is struggling too and it's been a rough time for them, like be a little bit more generous to them. Yeah. Because I know that my person was struggling and I could see that cook back there just running, throwing things up one after the other. And so I didn't want to do the whole, can I go back there and give the regards to the (laughs) job? Because he was like a college kid. But I wrote him a note and, and sent him to cash and I was like, hey man, I see you back there hustling. Like, That'll pay off one day. That's awesome. Lunchbox, what, <laughs> what would you go. do? Oh, I, I would have waited and I'd have got a free meal. Okay. I would have called the manager over and said, Look, man, look, this food was good, but it ain't an hour and a half, hour, whatever, good. This is a free meal, and that way you can improve your service. And they're going to give me a free meal, and we'll be out of there. It'd be good. What if he said no free meal? Then I wouldn't have paid. I'd have left. <laughs> oh, y'all gay. You can always reach out to us with your questions. Morgan, what's that email address? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. Close it up. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. It's the Good News Countdown. Counting down the biggest good news stories across the land. I got them for you. We'll go five to one. Let's go. Number five. Did you see the big dog to save the little dog in the swimming pool? Um, the video? I, I didn't see the video, but I saw the headline. Holy moly. The little Pomeranian is walking around the pool. It falls in. It couldn't get out. They've got a seven-year-old bull terrier. Finally pulled the dog out with the teeth. That's crazy. Wow. Rescued the dog. Dog rescue dog. That's pretty cool. It was amazing. I was telling Caitlin about this over the weekend. I was like, you see the video? And we started talking about if our dogs would do that for each other. They would not. No, No, they would not. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. A couple in Northern California had struggled to get pregnant for seven years when their doctor said losing weight was their only chance. So they both had gastric bypass surgery. He lost 317 pounds. She lost 115 pounds. And they just had their first kid. Yeah. They actually had a kid. How amazing Amazing. is that? That is great. Number three. 
a guy near L.A. went hiking this week and he got stranded overnight. He had texted a photo to a friend of his legs dangling off a rock overlooking a canyon. Just like, hey, this is where I am. And then later he said, hey, I'm lost and my phone is dying. So rescuers started searching and posted the photo of the legs hanging over the rock in case anybody knew where he was exactly. And a random guy named Ben saved the day. Ben has a weird hobby where he enjoys looking at random photos to see if he can figure out where they're taken. <laughs> so he got to work, figured out the general area, told the cops. They found the guy. Here's a clip of the story from the news. I've got a very weird hobby, which is I love taking a look at photos and figuring out where they're taken. So that's when we asked our uh, Air Rescue 5 to, to go and check out that area and see if they saw anything. And, you know, lo and behold, we were able to find him. I really, I... I... I don't know if I could have make it there another day. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it, uh, everything that you did. Amazing story. And it reminds me, Raymundo has a weird talent of seeing a movie and knowing exactly where it's filmed, what city? Yeah, uh, usually all the American cities I can nail. Chicago, New York, Miami, whatever, those ones. And also Paris, any of the ones overseas as well in Europe. If he sees a movie and it's shot in a city, he can tell you by the buildings where that movie is shot. That's talent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. <laughs> all right, let's go. Number two. This website, MyHeritage, has technology that can animate a photo of someone so it looks like they're moving. Have you guys seen the video of the guy who's 98 seeing his wife? Oh, no. Passed I, away? Saw, no I, I didn't, I didn't click on it. He starts crying. It's really amazing. It, it shows a photo of his wife. The picture looked like it was taken back in like the 40s or 50s. It's kind of black and white. And it moved him to tears. Here's his reaction. Holy smokes. She's alive. Yeah, it brings the picture to life. Look, look at that smile. Oh, God. I can't believe it. It's her. This past November 23rd, we would have been married 75 years. And I still love her. Crazy, oh, huh? It was a yeah. really cool video. That dog video on the pole and that video I saw the same day. So needless, I was a mess all day. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Number one. A former Starbucks barista named Griffin Barron got to reunite with an 18-year-old kid named Jonathan Selner who he helped deliver when John's mom gave birth in a Starbucks bathroom in 2002. Here's a clip of the original news story back in 2002 where Griffin was interviewed. We heard uh, just, and all of a sudden there's a baby sitting, and Brian and I looked at each other, and we were just in shock and amazement that the baby came that quickly. The seven-pound, 10-ounce baby boy was born before paramedics could get there. The baby and mom did just fine. Yeah, he, he delivered that baby in a Starbucks, and now the baby's old enough to vote. That's crazy. And they brought them back together. Pretty cool story, huh? I love it. I wonder if the Starbucks did anything for the baby, like free Starbucks for life. The kid had a Starbucks tattoo on his neck when he <laughs> came from No, he didn't. That was the Good News Countdown. Bobby Bone The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Reba McIntyre released the song Somehow You Do from the movie Four Good Days. The movie is out this Friday. Here's the song. You'll never get through Somewhere Somehow Somehow you do Blanco Brown is happy to have a number one while he's still recovering from his motorcycle accident. I'm blessed. I just take every day with stride. And to have a number one in the midst of rehabilitating is just the biggest blessing ever. And, you know, just to have people cheer you on. I love it. Kit Moore talked about writing his new song, Good Life. I just got to thinking about 
the crazy ebbs and flows of, of the journey to where I've gotten and um, doing life by my own terms. And at times I've been judged for that. But because I did it my way, um, I feel so blessed because I'm truly finding the joy in my life and I'm loving every second of it. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. An anonymous donor is given back to a Florida animal shelter, which I love when people help at animal shelters. And so just a little backstory. You know what Bitcoin is? Yes. It's kind of a cryptocurrency. It's all digital. There was one started as a joke called Dogecoin, like dog coin. And it actually took off a little bit. And people made a lot of money with it if they bought it early. Well, someone made a lot of money with Dogecoin and they donated a ton to the shelter. And now the shelter is able to have more pets and actually help more pets get them adopted because of Dogecoin, which started as a joke. Oh, interesting. <laughs> the woman put the donation at the Daytona Beach Shelter, um, all with Dogecoin, turned it over to money, gave them the money, which is perfect for this place because they just took in 42 dogs from a dog fighting ring. Oh, no. And they're like, without this. But it's just funny. Dogecoin was a joke. A- about like a dog thing. coin, and now it's helping dogs. Now it's that's- helping dogs. That's right. <laughs> it's a good story. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. I watched a little bit of that Punky Brewster revival this weekend. 90s Kids? Yeah. No, no, no. The new show. Oh, I, I didn't yeah. know there was a new one. It's on Peacock. Oh, She's a mom now. It's okay. Yeah, it's what it is. <laughs> but I was thinking about some of the old school catchphrases on TV. From uh, Blossom, for example, this. Whoa. Whoa. Right, that's Joey. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you guys a famous TV catchphrase. Tell me the show it's from, okay? All right. Write your answer down. Here's the first one. Hello, Newman. That's pretty easy. Do it again. Hello, Newman. Lunchbox? Seinfeld. Eddie? Seinfeld. Amy? Seinfeld. Correct. All right, name this one. How rude. Okay. One more time. How rude. What show is that, Lunchbox? Full House. Yeah, it's Full House. Full House. Next up. Got me cheese. What? Huh? This oh, is got me cheese. This was an early catchphrase. <laughs> Can you play it again? Yeah, one more time. Got me cheese. Okay, I'm in. Lunchbox? Family Matters. Eddie? That's, uh, that's an early Urkel, so that's early Family Urkel. Matters. That's before. Did I do that? Yeah. that was, wow. Yeah. Amy? Family Matters. Nice. All right, we're going to go back. Here we go. Name this classic TV catchphrase. What you talking about, Willis? Yes. <laughs> Here it is again. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> oh. Wait, Amy doesn't know this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amy, it's so good. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> All right, Lunchbox. Uh, Jefferson's. Eddie? Oh, different strokes, Bones. Oh, that's what it's called. Welcome back, Kata. Cotter. (laughs) (laughs) You never say that right. Say it. Spell it it for me. Cotter. K-O-T-T-E-R. Okay. But they would go, Mr. Cotter, Mr. Cotter. Uh, that's correct, Eddie. Different stroke. Thank you, thank you. All right. I mean, that was way back. Eddie takes the lead. No wonder. Uh, name this one. Holy crap. Huh? Oh, I'm in. What TV show is that? Here it is again. Holy crap. One more. Holy crap. Bones, these are all phrases from what decade? Is there a decade? Just classic just TV classic? shows. Yeah, this is 1996. <sighs> okay. 
Um, all right, I got something. Lunchbox? I got friends. <gasps> I can't believe Lunchbox missed this one. He's I, like me, seen every episode. He, he's I, seen every episode. Yeah. I what do you have? I have Everybody Loves Raymond. That's who it is. Oh, okay. That's uh, the dad. That's Frank Barone. Okay. okay let's oh, that go. is. Uh, Amy? No, I had Simpsons. Wow. 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 Okay. I wasn't hearing the dad. I wasn't either. I was hearing Homer. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, two more. Go ahead. Next one. Idiot. You idiot. Oh. Oh. That's easy. Okay. I think so. Oh. What is Okay. All right, I'm in. Lunchbox. Ren and Stimpy. Eddie? Yeah, Ren and Stimpy. Amy? Ren and Stimpy. Nice. All you guys get that one. All right, let's do a harder one here. Do number nine, Raymundo, on the list. (laughs) Oh. Here it is again. Said something? Hey. Oh, uh, what's that called? One more time. Uh Oh, 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 I'm in. Lunchbox? Happy Days. Eddie? Yeah, that's Happy Days. Happy Days. That's the Fonz on Happy Days, 1974. Nice job. Eddie, you ran away with it. Oh, that's it? We're done? Okay, let's go. Nice job, buddy. I mean, I'm pretty good with the classic TV. I did that a lot as a kid. You're a pretty classic kind of guy. Ah, come on. (laughs) Yeah. You are the oldest one on the show. Yeah, but come on, like different strokes, that was still in the 80s, I think, right? 1978. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's when you were in high school, dude. No, it was before you were born, (laughs) to be fair. Everybody say hi to Jane in St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, Hi, Jane Jane in St. Louis. Hi, guys. How are you today, Jane? I am so excited. How are you? We're doing great. We're going to play a little game called Never Gonna Get It. We're going to ask a really difficult trivia question. That being said, Lunchbox has nailed two in a row. It's never happened before. He's good. And Jane, up for you if uh, you pick the person that gets it right. You want a $50 Marathon gas gift card. Okay, you feel good about it? Yeah, I feel great. All right, here we go. Never going to get it. A new survey from the wedding site, thenot.com, shows that 55% of couples do this for their weddings, which our parents never dreamed of. What is it? Our parents never dreamed of it. So a new survey from thenot.com shows that 55% of couples do this for their weddings, which our parents never dreamed of. What is it? Wow. Should I give them a hint about my wedding in this? Is that, is that, is that okay? Yeah. Mike? No? Okay. Oh, got it. I don't think that was a hint at all. Lunchbox, don't listen to that. I was just going to say if I was doing this or not. Well, yeah, then... Don't do it? Okay. Oh, I already got it. I already got it. Don't worry. Okay, well, the king is in. Yeah, thank you. I like that nickname. <laughs> Call me that from now the on. King. A new survey the from the not.com shows that 55% of couples do this for their weddings. Okay. Jane, I'm going to let you guess first, and if you don't get it right, you can pick someone on the show who, if they get it okay. right, you win. So what, what is your guess? Um, I would have to say a wedding hashtag. That's correct. Oh! Oh, that's it. That's correct. She just, oh my goodness. The first caller to ever get Never Gonna Get It. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. What did you have, Lunchbox? I had pay for the wedding. What did you have? Nothing. I'm just kidding. (laughs) What did you have? Uh, uh, Get the wedding dresses together. Oh, I had bachelor bachelorette parties. So no one would have got it. But Jane got it. Wow. I Yeah, wow. I, I think I honestly was going to say like photo booth or something. But 
Jane, how do you feel? You're the first caller to ever get Never Gonna Get It from the phone line. I am literally shaking right now. This is amazing. <laughs> what do you do uh, in St. Louis? What do, you, what do you do every day? Um, I teach first grade. Oh, come on. We got to give this. Wow. That's great. <laughs> wow. Are you back in class now? No, I have been virtual since March of last year. Are you looking forward to getting back in class? More than you could ever imagine. Wow. Would you like to play for another marathon gift card for $100 total? Wow, 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 wow. wow. That's a road trip. Uh, Let's do it again! Okay, okay. Are you guys ready? More than half of people don't know this basic item of personal information, and they're afraid to check. What is it? More than... Half of people don't know this basic item of personal information, and they are afraid to check. What is it? It's easy. I'm in. Oh, wow, everybody's got it. Easy, easy. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Jane, can you do it again? Easy. Is it their credit score? Does anyone have credit score? I do. I did. I, I do. Amy, you don't. The answer is not credit score. Oh, okay. wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'll let everybody change their answer real quick. Okay. It is not a credit score. More than half of people don't know this basic item of personal information, and they're afraid to check. What is it? Oh, I got it. Okay, Jane. <laughs> Jane. All right. Everybody in? All right, Jane, you can pick one of the four to team up with. It's Amy, Lunchbox, Eddie, or Morgan. Who would you like to represent you? Um, millennials Unite, Morgan. Oh, no. All right, Morgan. <laughs> no, <laughs> what you, no. What, what do you have, Morgan? Oh. Can I can I tell her to change her thing? Because I don't feel very confident. Over Morgan, here. she she picked who she picked. <gasps> social security number. Oh, they're afraid to check their That's social security it. number. Okay, I, maybe. Interesting. We'll come back to it. Okay, uh, Eddie. I have criminal history. You don't know your own Why criminal history. Maybe there's check? something that you just don't know. And what it's are you out saying there? to us? All right, lunchbox. That's easy. Cholesterol level. Amy. I think bank balance. So Amy was the only one who was in at first. Yes, that was my original answer. Yeah. Hey, do you want to jump off of Morgan, Jane? I'll give you one shot to change it to Amy Lunchbox Ready. What happens if I think none of them have it? You can do that too. Go with none of. If, I tell you what, if you if you say none of them, you win. Wait, why do you think that? I'm gonna. Say, okay. Right. I'm gonna say it's wait. Wait. They're check their, to weight. Check their okay, weight. Okay. 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 Oh. Um, I guess it could okay. be that. It is not cholesterol. It is not criminal record. Yeah, I knew that. It's either it's either a weight or account balance. It, if you're saying for sure it is mm. one of those. No, two. then it's weight. Okay. It's got to be weight. She came in with weight after. I yeah, I don't know. There, I mean, I, mean I don't understand how you wouldn't know your account balance. The answer oh, is. I don't, I don't know at times. Like, and you're scared to check it. Get it? Because you don't want it to be overdrawn or. Yeah, that's too easy. Um, More okay. than half of people don't know this basic item of personal information and are afraid to check it. The answer is. Their account balance. Oh! oh guys. We got it! Wow, Amy. I mean, wow. I, I apologize. I now because... Well, listen. She's not going home a loser. Yeah, she won. She won $50. I didn't, I'm not taking it back from her. I'm not yeah. going to do that. Okay. Yeah, but she ended on a down note. I know, I know, I know. I mean, she goes out a loser. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. I Jane, really... you are not a loser. Thank you for calling. Thank you for what you do. Helping out the kids. Yes. Teaching the kids. And uh, thank you for being such a such a bright spot on the show this morning. Oh, thank you. Uh, we'll put you on holding your information and get you a prize right there. And Amy, nice job. Well, good, good, good job there. Thank you. Hey, we hope you guys call us even if you're listening after the show. We have set up a voicemail line for you. 877-77-BOBBY. This is Al from Virginia. Bobby, 
I just want you to know you guys are fantastic. I get to listen to you about an hour every morning. So I just wanted you to know that I think you guys are all great. Hey, studio, you too. I think you do fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Al. We appreciate that. The Bob Show. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So more women than ever are now shaving their faces. And this is coming from some beauty experts that are out talking about it. And I'm like, thank you. We're normalizing face shaving for women because I've been doing it for years. And sometimes people just don't understand and think it's the craziest thing. But it really is a great way to exfoliate your skin. And your little peach fuzz will not grow back thicker. It won't. Do you do the whole lather up? No, mustache, no, I don't beard. use shaving cream. Okay. I just use my face wash or you can do it dry depending mm-hmm. on what tool you use to shave with. But I just like the cheapo Bic ones from like, you know, Walgreens or something. And I just shave. There I go. I mean, now my husband doesn't like to walk in on me doing it. That's a big buzzkill or something. But the buzzkill is the word, <laughs> but uh, I know what it's killing. So, uh, yeah. So I guess the people are, yes, they're on a mission to normalize this. So ladies, bust out the razors. I think if you're not lathering up your face like a dude, mm-hmm. it's probably fine right. for everybody. But we just think of it as like cavemen, men, like Girl, lather face up, not sexy. (laughs) Right. Well, you can get these little tinkle razors. Weird name, by the way. Totally. But, I mean, that's a way to to do it dry if you want to. Or um, you can get, like, those Bic razors. But I highly recommend not getting ones with a moisture strip because whatever aloe in there might break your face out. I'm all for it, too. So I co-sign you guys being able to shave your face without judgment. Thank you. It would just be weird to see you lathered up. Okay. That's all. All right, what All right. So Lainey Wilson, she's talked to us before about how she made bank like being Hannah Montana. So it all started when she was in the eighth grade. I guess one of her teachers was like, hey, can you come be Hannah Montana at my daughter's birthday party? And she was like, okay. So she learned all the songs. She ended up doing like three parties a weekend at times when, you know, in her peak years as Hannah Montana for about four to five years. And one time she was driving home from an event or two and she got pulled over by a cop as Hannah Montana. I did get pulled over as Hannah Montana one time. I was speeding. I was probably 16 or 17. This is about year three in. Like I was crying. My wig was hanging on sideways. I was like, for real, I'm supposed to be at this birthday party. Please tell him like he helped me find the directions. That was her on a podcast called Just Being Earnest. She was also on the Bobby cast. Yeah, and I have a clip from that where she was saying she would bring along herself, Lainey Wilson, as her Hannah Montana opening act. I had the wig. I had the outfits. A lot of the time, they didn't want Lainey Wilson there. They just wanted Hannah Montana to come to the party or whatever. So I'd get up there, sing a few songs, play my guitar. And uh, and you would know the songs? Oh, yeah. Did you ever do The Climb? I did. Is that a, was that your best paying gig? Absolutely. I made way more money yeah. then than I do now. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> All right, what's next? And do you think wearing nicer clothes at work makes you more productive? Bobby? Yes. I think if you feel good, you perform better, period. It's like when people say, hey, if you're kind of in a lull and working out, get new workout clothes because you're like, oh, I feel good. I feel fresh. But yes, new clothes just in general. But you put on new clothes, you go to dinner. You're live with a party. Like I am. <laughs> you're yes. feeling good. Yeah, yes. Why? Well, just with the pandemic, I like casual clothes were already making their way onto the work scene but then with the pandemic we got real comfortable and so I guess as people are emerging back at the office just the debate is like well can we continue comfy or should we dress up oh this is what comfy and- I took my mind <laughs> <laughs> no but I guess if you do have if you have a day where you know you need to be on point maybe you should try dressing up 
because it'll help you. Okay, yeah. I, I agree. Just period. If you feel like you look good, you do feel better, just in general. So go for it. All right, that it? Yep. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So this woman named Robin Philly was shopping at a thrift store with her husband and she found a cookbook that caught her eye. She started flipping through it and noticed that there was some photos of a little girl stuck inside the cookbook. Oh, so not of on the pages, not, but like someone stuck yeah. them in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she thought, gosh, like, I feel like these must belong to somebody. So she got the book. She put it all on Facebook and word started to spread. And the little girl in the pictures is now like 20 something years old and reached out to the woman. They met up in person. She got the photos. And then there was even handwriting on the back that the girl said, oh, yeah, that's my grandmother's handwriting. That's got to be crazy to see someone had some old pictures of you. And they're probably super important to you, too. Yeah. But how many of us honestly would have just thrown them out? <laughs> probably me. Yeah. <laughs> and I not put know. them on Facebook yeah. going, who's a... I, I would hope after mile. hearing this story, we don't throw them out. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes when you get mail and it's to the wrong place, like to somebody else. Yeah. Trash. What you- <laughs> Recycle. <laughs> right. But should we do... Because I try... Some, I really do 75% of the time. I'll put a note on it, put it back in the mailbox. But I should do it 100% of the time. Mm. I should use a story like this to make me better. <laughs> you guys don't at all? No, no, no chance. Not really, man. Just no. What if it's an important document, though? I know, and they really, really need like it. Like a tax document. Yeah, you can't really tell that from yeah. the envelope a lot of times. You can't where it comes from? <laughs> a lot of that, they trick you like, oh, this is very important. Open immediately. Spam. So I just assume everything's spam. What do you do? I have put it back in my mailbox for with a note, but... I don't know that I honestly, I, I feel like a lot of times it is spam, I hope. Well, as a group, we will pay more attention. <laughs> yes, this we'll story is going to make us a better person. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Last week, producer Eddie shared with us that he found his seven-year-old's locked journal. And Eddie wants to read his kid's journal. Mm-hmm. Got a lock on it. So we talked about it. Should he open that journal and read it? I said no. What do you think? No. We, yeah, no, we'd already, we decided my daughter wants a locked journal, and no, I'm get, we got her one, and I wouldn't read it. And you said? Read it. So it was two to one in mm-hmm. the room. So Lunchbox went out and talked to folks. Here's number one. Open it up and read it. Why? Safety. Now, hold on. Stop for a second. Let, yeah. me, let me show you who you asking. You asking a mother with three kids, a 31-year-old. A 30-year-old and a 28-year-old. So you've lived through it. I've lived through this. What if it's something in there that you can prevent from happening? Right. In that case, that's called safety. You're not friends. You're, you're not friends. What are your parents? You're, you're a parent and a child. <laughs> I feel like she's scaring you. <laughs> yeah, he's all scared. He's, he's like, a, he's a, a parent, parent, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. I, li- I do like her perspective. Uh, here is another one. I would maybe ask him, like, I just know you have this locked journal. Like, is there anything you feel like you need to share with me? And what if he says no? I had a journal when I was a kid. It was a locked, and I literally drew pictures in it. I don't know. I feel like you're kind of breaking a boundary if you just look at it. Now, if you feel like he starts having, like, suspicious behavior, like he's acting a little abnormal, I would look at it because who knows how he's feeling. Think of it this way. If you never found it, if you wouldn't be worried about him, then I wouldn't open it. So now, how old was she? Because she sounds really young. Yeah, but that Very was actually opposite from the parent. She ended that with a really wise statement. What she said? Now, th- separate. Take the journal out. If you weren't worried about him, like if he's not displaying any sort of behavior that's causing you any concern, you wouldn't be worried about reading the journal. Take the journal out. Hmm. 
Like, is your son doing behavior that's nah, concerning? Pretty normal. Okay, then don't read the journal. That's what I say. Oh, but you can't be like, hey, what's in the journal? And he's just like, nothing. You believe him. But if he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. oh, if he starts stuttering and like, oh, you're hiding something. <laughs> uh, one more. Here you go. You know, when you're a kid, you really have no privacy. That's what my, that's what my granny ever, I always said, nothing was locked. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if that was your kid, would you open it? Probably, just to be nosy. Because oh. there was no, nothing was ever locked in my house. The people have spoken. They sounds like me. They say to unlock it and read it. Where are you on this? Yeah, unlock it and read it. Are you going to read it? Uh, probably. But uh, why? Well, but I do, I do think I'm going to take the approach of uh, asking him first, be like, hey, what's in your journal? Like, let's, let's, let's look through it. I think he's going to be cool about it. Let's be real. What's in there, Bones? Really? He's seven years old. Yeah, so why break that boundary? I just curiosity. I want to know what's in there. So and, and, <laughs> and like the lady said at the end, there's no privacy in our home. Just a question here. Your curiosity is more important to you than his sense of privacy? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, seven years old, yes. Okay. That's, that's all I wanted to know. You're the dad. You parent your own way. <laughs> Let's go over to Amy. It's time to get in the morning corny. <laughs> The morning corny. I spent my entire life savings on pasta. Okay. It was worth every penne. <laughs> penne pasta. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got that. Yeah. That's pretty good. That was the morning corny. Everybody in the pasta shops all over America right now laughing their butts <laughs> They're off. Giggling. That's right. All Italian restaurants. Yeah. Waiters can tell that one to their patrons. <laughs> You know, when you get on an airplane and you walk in and the, the Southwest flight attendant's standing there and she's like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? Or, but, you know, yeah. welcome to Southwest. <laughs> Small talk. They're all different, right? <laughs> sometimes sometimes they get on the microphone and they're like, oh, from Southwest and I'm here to stay. But whenever they stand up there when you walk in, it isn't just to be nice. They're actually looking at every person to see if there's an emergency, who can we grab that's like an able-bodied person? And knowing where they're sitting. It's a selection process? Mm -hmm. Basically. So this girl from Utah revealed why flight attendants greet you on an airplane. She said they're looking for able-bodied people for an emergency. That includes, one, people that just look strong and physically active, but also doctors, firefighters, nurses, and military personnel. They're also checking for suspicious items. Like if somebody's walking in with a, you know, a 30 6 they oh, somehow, somehow that through. made it through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, or human trafficking. Oh, yeah. Like they're there not just to say hi, but they have a job to do. And huh. it's to look people over. Which That's I thought, interesting. I thought was pretty crazy. Yeah. So now I'm going to walk in and be like, hey, I'm able. <laughs> yeah, this changes everything. Oh, now, I'm sure they already realized that about you. What if I caught them telling somebody I wasn't able? They're like, yeah, the guy with the glasses is not able-bodied. Let's not go to him. Or you just go just right from the top. Just go in the How's it going? Hey, you know, I'm not strong at all. Just let you know. I know it looks strong, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> don't come to me. <laughs> Whatever do you it. do, don't come to me. And you well, look, nothing suspicious. You pull your pockets out. <laughs> look, I got nothing going on here. I know you're looking for a gun here. I got nothing. Uh, Mr. Jackson, I, I call you that, you know, just uh, out of respect. I don't know, for an interview, should I call you Alan? Like, how do you want me to refer to you publicly? Because I would call you Mr. Jackson if I saw you in person. No, I, I like just my first name. Fine. Right. Whatever you feel comfortable with, I don't really care. All right, Mr. Just Alan Jackson. Call, just don't call me Al. <laughs> well, that's it. Wasn't that your name early on, though? Didn't people call you out? Weren't you using that as your name? Just people that didn't like me called me that. <laughs> when no, did no, it nobody ever called me Al. They called me AJ, you know, that kind of thing. Back in, like, 86 or so, when yeah. you were on You Can Be a Star on TNN, which, by the way, my grandma and I would watch TNN all the time. That's where, we watched, that's where I really fell in love with the Opry was TNN. Like, yeah. did, did anyone come off of that show, You Can Be a Star, other than yourself? Do you remember anybody else on that show? Well, the truth is I wasn't a contestant on that show. You know, I, I worked at TNN in the mailroom. And so 
the people that worked there with me knew I was aspiring to be a singer and songwriter. And one day I was just standing around backstage when that show was taping. They said, hey, we need somebody else to sing going into commercial. Because they pull people out of the audience to sing, just a guest audience member, just to sing going into the commercial. And they asked me if I wanted to sing. And so I jumped up there. So you jump from working for the network backstage to just hopping on stage. Do you remember that and thinking, holy crap, this is a big performance here? Or was it just another day because you were playing at night already anyway? No, that was a huge. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever done anything in front of a camera, I would imagine. And I had my old brown cowboy hat back back there, you know, that I, the first cowboy hat I'd ever bought and owned. And I stuck it on my head and went out there and sang a George Jones song. If you go out in public now and you're not wearing your cowboy hat, Will people know that it's you? Uh, I get recognized uh, quite a bit with just a ball cap or something on it. It's, you know, you more uh, diehard fans that know me well. But I, I think as I've gotten older, I don't look quite as same as some of those early videos. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, a uh, cowboy hat definitely, uh, you stand out a little more. Uh, on with Alan Jackson right now, which, by the way, the full album, Where Have You Gone, available May 14th. Um, but we got a couple songs out now. Let's let's talk about some of them. Let's. Why don't we talk first about where have you gone? You wrote the song by yourself, right? Yeah. Yes. Now nowadays, most writing is happening in rooms of two and three, sometimes four. How common was it back ten, fifteen, twenty years ago to actually write a song by yourself versus to, you know like it is now? I don't think it was much different uh, back then. If you're a a songwriter in Nashville or artist hanging around town and you're writing with other writers, uh, I, I would typically write with somebody else or maybe three, but occasionally I'd write something by myself. I think uh, I just kind of grew into it because once my career took off, I was gone all the time, you know, and uh, I was on the road. So I was pretty much had to write by myself unless somebody wanted to come with me. And, and then that's how it just kind of uh, developed, I guess. How do you know when you write by yourself if it's actually good, because anytime I write jokes by myself or anytime I write in dopey songs, like I kind of need that other person to tell me that I'm not that funny. Like when you're yeah. writing, how do, how do you know if you're like, yep, I did it all. I know it's good. Well, I, I don't know if I know that either. I think you definitely, when you write something of uh, your own and you're singing it, you, you get real close to it. It's hard to have a perspective of somebody that's never heard it before. But, you know, my wife's a pretty good uh, board to bounce it off of and and uh you know i think i i just feel like i i know when when uh gut instinct tells me usually if it's a pretty good song and i'm not always right but i mean i've written a lot of things that i i realized weren't top shelf and uh, everybody does so you don't really know i mean like denise one time i i wrote this song uh, that uh that she uh told me it was stupid and it went on to be a number one hit. And, uh, <laughs> so you never know. And what song was that, if we can ask? Uh, gosh, I wish you hadn't asked me that now. It's not I'm in love with you, baby. It's, uh, uh, I can't remember. If it comes to you, let yeah. us know. Did you ever have a song that you wrote? I mean, you're in the Songwriter Hall of Fame, so you know, you're writing song after song, great songs. But did you ever have a song... And you thought, I don't think that song's going to do much. But then it ended up being a big smash, and you were surprised by it? Uh, yes, Chattahoochee. Mm-hmm. When you finished Chattahoochee, you finished right in that room that day. 
Did you go, all right, this is never going to be heard by anybody other than us who wrote the song? Well, Jim McBride and I wrote that, and uh, I just thought that it was, uh, you know, a title of, uh, of the name of a river in Georgia that I grew up on and around, and and nobody, unless they were from that area, were even going to know what in the world I was singing about. And it was, I guess the song was really more than that. It was it was a growing up kind of coming of age song in a small town, and, and I realized later that everybody had a Chattahoochee or something like that, so they related to it regardless of of the title. So I was wrong on that one. I mean, I still play that song about once every two weeks. I will play Chattahoochee just because I feel like playing Chattahoochee. And here we are this many years later. Do you ever hear it on the radio today? And you're like, dang, I cannot believe that song is still sounding good. Well, I I don't, uh, I hear my songs every now and then. Yeah, they all surprise me. that (laughs) They're still out there. But yeah, I get, uh, I mean, I've sung that thing a million times, you know, on stage and people still jump up on their feet when they, they love that thing. So a couple songs I want to talk about in the new project, Y'all Always Be My Baby, and I yeah. Do. Now, they were both written for your daughter's wedding. Is that true? That's absolutely right. My oldest daughter, Maddie, was the first to get married uh, three or four years ago now, and uh, they wanted a song. She wanted me to write a song for the father-daughter dance, you know, that they do at the reception. And so I, I wrote that, and then I, I told all three of my girls, I said, look, I wrote this song for the dance, and I'm, I'm not going to write one for every every wedding, so all three of y'all got to use this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so far, I've, I've used it twice. <laughs> Did you ever early in your career play a wedding to make some extra cash? Very rarely, but I did do a couple that were friends of um, my wife, I think. Even after I came to Nashville, uh, my steel player that's been with me for about 30 years, he was in that little band, and we went down to Atlanta and played this a little backyard reception for this wedding, and he still every now and then will bring that up and laugh about it. Us playing that wedding, I, was I sang at my own wedding. Wait, say that again. I need to hear you say that again. You did what? When Denise and I got married, you know, I was singing then, just kind of you know weekend warrior thing in Georgia, and, and so when we got married, uh, we said our vows, and before you do the ring thing, I sang this wedding song. Uh, that Pat Terry was a Christian writer around Atlanta area wrote it and uh, it's a real pretty song. And I stood there and sang it to her and up, to the, up on, looked at the church in front of everybody. That was hard. Yeah. I was, I was going to say how hard was that to sing at your own wedding? I mean, I feel, I feel like I'd probably be a bit emotional while I was doing it. Yeah. I, I think I was just more nervous and scared than I was emotional, but yeah, well, I got through it pretty good. I thought, <laughs> Alan Jackson's on with us right now. Hey, uh, what role did you have? And I asked this from someone who was in musicals myself back in the day. In Oklahoma, if if I'm correct, you were in the production of Oklahoma. Who were you? Oklahoma. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know the characters by name, but uh, uh, I don't know who. It, uh, did you sing that? Oh, what a beautiful morning. Was that you at all? Yeah, I know the songs. Yeah, I would probably have sung that. Uh, I actually was in a play in high school uh, that had a, it was a musical, and I was one of the main guys in there. And uh, I sang uh, the old John Denver song "Country Boy" in there. The uh, "Thank God I'm a Country Boy" that one. Yeah, thank thank God I'm a Country Boy. Yeah. You sang "Thank God I'm a Country Boy" in a high school play. I did. That was the kickoff of my career. If- <laughs> I'm looking at your list here, and I think I know every one of your number ones by heart. And 
you know, many of the other ones as well. Of the 35 number ones, I mean, you Where can't, I come from. That's the one. We're going back in time. That's the one. Denise said that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, I knew uh, we yeah. would get there eventually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can't possibly play all your number ones in a set at a single show, right? How do you decide which big, which biggest songs you're going to play? Well, I guess over the years, I've, I've tried to just bounce it back and forth with the audience and figure out which ones I feel like uh, that they respond well to and also which which songs fit together in a couple of hours. And I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I've had 60 or 70 singles, you know, that have been either one or five or top 10 hits. And I mean, I couldn't remember them all if you asked me. And uh, it's, it's it makes me feel really bad. Sometimes I'll see a a fan out there holding up a sign of a particular song from 20 years ago that I hadn't sung in a long time. And, uh, you know, I just can't, at most time I couldn't do it if, uh, but every now and then they'll hold something up and I can remember enough to sing the chorus or something for them. And that's, that's kind of fun to do, but it is, it's very, it makes me feel bad. I know some people come to hear one particular song and you just don't get to do it for them. So I try to just pick the biggest ones and the ones that have affected the most people or, or that I enjoy as well. How did you earn money to buy your very first ever guitar back in the day? Uh, well, I didn't buy it. My my mom and daddy gave it to me when I was sixteen for a birthday. Yeah. Still got was that it. because was that because <laughs> they knew you wanted to play guitar? Had you expressed, "Hey, I would love to be able to afford a guitar," and they went and got you one? Well, yeah, I guess so. I, I'd been singing, you know, at, at church some and that kind of thing, and I was dating this girl who had a younger sister who played a twelve string guitar, and and we started singing together just doing some kind of folky stuff and not really country stuff much but uh church kind of stuff mainly and i started playing uh just doing that and then i uh i met a a boy that was a friend of one of my older sisters and he uh played electric guitar and sang real country stuff i mean gene watson and haggard and all that stuff and he's the one that really turned me on to it and got me singing he sang a real good harmony and we formed a little duo and it grew into a band later and that's what led me to nashville really when you moved to nashville was it to be a songwriter or to be a performer a uh, singer uh, i had never written a song in my life until when i was singing with that band and and uh, everybody kept telling me you ought to go to nashville you know and so i i didn't know much about i didn't know anything about the music business or recording or anything and this one old guy in noon and a young man that had a band a rock band he played in atlanta some he had a little four-track studio in his basement or something he's the only guy i ever knew that recorded and so i asked him about it he said yeah if you go to nashville you know you can't go up there singing everybody else's songs you need your original material to show them who you are so i started writing songs and uh when i came to nashville i had a paper sack full of songs and a lot of those ended up on the first two or three records and when you started be. writing songs, because like you say, you didn't have a huge history of writing songs before you got to Nashville. Was there, did, did it come to you pretty easy or did you have to take a long time and, and kind of labor to learn how to actually write a good, catchy song? Well, I think some of it, you got some kind of natural ability to hear melodies and, and make it rhyme. But, uh, you know, it's a craft. I thought, you know, the more I wrote and wrote with experienced writers, I learned. But I mean, the first month or two I moved to Nashville you know uh I never lived anywhere and my wife was working a job to pay our bills something she was out of town most of the time I was up here by myself lonely and it was sad and the first month or so I was there I uh I wrote a song 
for my mama for Mother's Day that was coming up right after I had moved here. And, and it was called Home. It's a song about my mom and daddy in the house they grew up in. And just a true story, a bunch of facts scribbled down. And that was one of the first songs I wrote when I came to town. And it went on to be a, a hit, you know, years later. And so you just, you know, you never know. You write something like that that comes out of you that's personal. Sometimes it writes itself more, you know. You know, of the songs that you have written that ended up, again, being big smashes that have gone generationally, which one of them kind of fell out of you the fastest? Where you just kind of sat down an hour and a half, you're like, well, we got a song here, and then it turned into a big hit. Gosh, I don't, that's, I've had a lot of them come to me that way. Uh, I would think the one that, that was the most inspirational in a almost spiritual way you know, was uh, Where Were You when I just, got up in the middle of the night and there was that song, you know, and I wrote the chorus down and, and, uh, that whole thing just came out of nowhere. And then the next morning I started scribbling all those little verse things down about uh, different visions I'd seen during all the turmoil on television and here and hearing people's stories. But yeah, that one, uh, was almost uh, God sent, you know, Alan Jackson's on Where Have You Gone is his first album in six years. It'll be available May 14th. He got 21 performances. We've talked about a bunch of the songs so far, but uh, no record for six years. Are you a guy that can separate and just put music and life in separate places and just live your life and not worry so much about music for a while? Oh, definitely so, yeah. I, I've always, when I come off the road, I'm off the road, and, and uh, I've always enjoyed just life with my family and doing things that, that I've always enjoyed doing even before I had any money to do it, you know, and it's, uh, it's wonderful. I, I, I think that's one thing that's helped me stay more focused and grounded and be able to write songs that still connect with people as I, I never really worked hard to be in the spotlight. I got two final questions for you. Uh, Mr. Jack, Alan, Alan, my friend, Alan, that's what I should say. My friend, Alan, uh, we have two final questions for you. Um, the first song on your set list, if you were to go out tonight, you hadn't played in a while, what's the first song you play when the crowd's out there going, Alan, Alan? I usually kick off a of Gone Country because I just it's just a great opening song and, and a good track for that. And I've been doing that for years. And it, it, it leads into the show real well. And uh, the crowd seems to they like that. It's like it's, it's the, the statement, you know, to kick off the song, uh, show. What do you close with? Uh, typically we get down to Chattahoochee, uh, I do like a, a running little set of five o'clock and Chattahoochee. And then I come do some Mercury blues sometimes at the end. Oh, come on. Mercury blues. That's my jam. <laughs> That's my jam. I, listen, all I think about is home improvement and that car turning around and Tim, the tool oh, man, yeah. Taylor and Al Borland. And you're up there. I'm going to buy me a Mercury and cruise it up and down the road. That, that's it for me. That's my childhood. Oh, I love it. Okay, here's the real final question. Okay, your wife's maiden name was Jackson. Did she even have to change her name legally after you got married? I don't guess so. I don't. It, I don't it's remember. the same Jackson, right? You just Jackson's Jackson. Far, yeah, as far as I know, we're probably related somewhere down the tree. But, uh, <laughs> so so far, it has, you know, all our children turn out normal. So okay, yeah. there we have it. Upcoming album, Where Have You Gone? Out May 14th. Let me encourage you guys. Check out Where Have You Gone. Check out You'll Always Be My Baby. Check out things that matter. Way down on my whiskey. 
Mr. Jackson, <laughs> Alan, thank you very much. Just a massive fan. Appreciate your time. I would say good luck with your career, but uh, I think you already won. So you're the well, winner, and we're lucky to, to have you around. Well, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it. Good to see you. Bye, Alan. Bye-bye. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. Well, for the past year at Ober Elementary School in Las Vegas, they've been doing distance learning. And there's a first grade class and two girls, Julia and Luna. They just hit it off a year ago through the computer. They were friends. They laughed together. They're like, we love each other, but we've never met. So now, current day, uh, Julia's having a birthday and the mom says, I got the best gift for her. I'm going to invite Luna so they can meet for the first time. And sure enough, Luna came over. They gave each other a big hug like, oh, my gosh, we've been friends on the computer. And now we get to meet. They said, quote, it was the best day ever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. What if one's like super tall, though? Because you really don't know until they, they're all seated. They're, yeah, they're all the same size on a computer. Or one's like super short. They're like, whoa, you're not even what I expected. What? Yeah. It's like a dating app. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great story, though. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. You guys know we love to hear from you, so hit us up anytime, even when we're not on the air. You can call our number and leave a voicemail. 877-77-BOBBY. For example, here is Jake from Washington. Hey, Bobby. Just want to say thank you for helping me stay awake as a truck driver. Um, Drive a truck up here and just want to say thank you for everything you guys do and keep me entertained throughout the day. I really enjoy the show and listen to you guys when I was in Virginia as a cop and I listen to you guys now as a log truck driver. Appreciate that. Thank you for what you do out there. Let's go over and do the news. Bobby's Big Story. A woman in Seattle just tweeted about how a hospital messed up her baby's birth certificate and actually saw the certificate. She was trying to name her daughter Cora, K-O-R-A. I don't know if somebody heard her wrong or if they just typoed it, but now the baby's name is Corn. Oh. With a K. <laughs> like the band. Yeah, they must have nice. misunderstood that one. Backwards K like the band? Well, no, not okay. backward K, okay. but yeah. Here, this is Corn the band here. Here you go. Earlier this month, a woman named Kells in Seattle had a baby girl, and on Friday, the certificate said corn. Baby corn. <laughs> Are they keeping it? The baby's legal name is still corn. What would you do if it was a funny story like this? <laughs> Would you keep your kid's name Corn? I guess it would be funny to keep it, and then you just call her Cora. But is the name supposed to be funny? Because I've had some bad ideas for our future kid. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is an accident, not a planned bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Caitlin keeps telling me, our kids are not bits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go, Caitlin. That's story number one. More news. Here we go. Bobby's other story. There's a woman who crashed more than a dozen weddings in Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi and stole gifts at all of them. Oh, gosh. And now, <laughs> and now the police have identified her. A woman captured on surveillance camera near an unsuspecting couple's wedding gifts is a suspect who's wanted more than a dozen wedding thefts since 2017. That is wild wow. that she was just dialing in. She must have been good at it. I wonder if she had a map with pins. <laughs> she knew exactly what she, she was knew. doing. That's crazy. She would go in... And then as they were at the front actually doing the vows, she'd go and swipe some gifts. Yeah. Get, get onto the car and head out of there. That's when everyone's preoccupied. Wow. Wow, yeah. And she did it for th- three and a half years. 
I knew an old couple, you know, back in the day that would every Friday night they would find a wedding and they would go and they would just have the night of the, t- the night of their life and then go home and that was it. That's how they went out on Friday nights. I'm too scared to crash anything. <laughs> I told you if there's a concert with an empty seat up three rows, I'm like I can't do it because I'll be worried the whole time someone's gonna grab me and say, "Oh, this is this your seat?" And then I'm like, "Huh? Oh, I was confused. Wait, look at my ticket." And then I do the whole song and dance. Uh, so, and then one final story. Speaking of gifts, I LOL'd at this this weekend. A guy had 35 girlfriends, and it was a scam to get them all to buy him birthday presents. Oh. But he only got about 1400 bucks worth of presents before he got busted, and now he's facing fraud charges. Oh, boy. The guy was dating more people at the same time than I've ever heard of in my entire life. And I don't think there's a crime in dating 35 people. It would be di- very difficult to do. There's a 39-year-old guy. He managed to get into relationships with 35 different women. By selling shower products door-to-door for a multi-level marketing pyramid scheme. So that's what got gets him in trouble. Oh, wow. But what he would do is he would start to go, hey, why don't we have a, a date? Let's go on a date. Let's, And he would tell them his birthday is at a different time of the year. He would constantly get presents. <laughs> all year long. It wasn't I mean. like one day where they all showered him because you can't go to 35 celebrations. <laughs> right. Wow, these scammers. <laughs> what a character. But the scam... Is the pyramid, the pyramid scheme. scheme. I don't think it's illegal to have 35 girlfriends and tell them a different birthday. No, but it is a way, it is a scam to get birthday presents. You're lying and deceiving. But probably I'm saying very, legally. I'm well, saying legally. Oh yeah, legally he's not doing anything yes. wrong. But he's His, counting on these vulnerable women. I don't know how vulnerable they are. I just LOL. Well, I'm saying if a guy shows up in my door selling door to door, I'm going to be in a vulnerable place if I start dating him. Not me. I'm going to be going. Mm. <laughs> You're a hustler. <laughs> yeah. I like a hustler. Uh, his scam blew up in February when a few of his girlfriends found out about each other and they started tracking down more women who thought they were in a relationship with him. It wasn't even that lucrative. Like we said, he did all this work. He had an Excel spreadsheet. He took down about 1400 bucks. Now he's facing fraud charges for the other stuff. Yeah. But that's a lot to keep up with. Oh, yeah. I mean... That's the pyramid. Okay, I'll date you, and then you date three people. <laughs> and then they date three people each, and you all get me presents. 35. Yeah. That's crazy. That's the news. Thank you, guys. Bobby's Big Story. Hey, thank you guys for hanging out. Call us if you want. 877-77-BOBBY. Hope you guys had a great weekend. I made some notes about mine. First of all, I don't watch many movies, but this is the second weekend that I've been at home. I didn't have to travel. And I was like, what do I do with myself? So I sat down, and I watched... The college admission scandal on Netflix, Ooh. which was about the overarching, you know, Aunt Becky, what happened to her, yeah. Felicity Huffman. They were just two little people in this whole scheme. One guy had masterminded this whole thing. And the movie's really good. And they're interviewing real people, but they're also showing you what happened with actors. Did you watch it? I did. And- after you told me about it, and I thought it was really good. And yes, it's so much more tangled and involved than I even thought. I think that... Because it was Aunt Becky and Felicity Huffman, like they were the the, the most famous, so they were making <laughs> the cover stories. But yeah, there were there other was, famous people too, though. Oh yeah, famous true. writer, not as famous, but or really wealthy, successful Oof. business people. That it, it just kind of was funny to me how none of them were really criminals. Like what stood out to me was that because they were wiretapped. Had they been actual criminals, they probably would have caught on to what was happening, been like, whoa, 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 I'm not saying this over the phone. But because they weren't really criminals, they were like, oh, yeah, we did that, blah, blah, blah. Like, they gave themselves away. (laughs) It's fascinating because I really didn't know what happened. Mm -hmm. I just know that I got real angry at a bunch of entitled rich people that got their kids into school when their kids didn't deserve it. And like me, I I went to Henderson State University, a really small school that was pretty easy to get into. 
And I had a lot of friends that were struggling to get into schools. But then you just see people with a bunch of money. Then we're like, okay, we're going to pay. And we're going to knock someone else out of their place. And since we're rich, we'll take their place. It fires you up. Yeah. You know what else? One thing I took away was that so many people on there said, like, honestly, prestige and college and like what that is, is because we've we've put it on this pedestal to be this place you have to go. Like really a lot, so many colleges out there, you're going to get a great education, but you just think that if you go to this school, it's better for you. Well, so, and you think you have to go to college. You don't even have to go to college. Yeah, right. You don't. You get the education that you need if you go after a period mm-hmm. in life or or through books. I uh, did that. Thought it was good. I would give that four out of five textbooks. Oh, that's good. It was really good. And then I watch King Kong versus Godzilla. Come on, tell me. Tell it was me on what you HBO thought. Max, and I was really expecting that to be pretty dopey because you got two monster monsters fighting each other in the middle of the city. The whole movie, right? It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the whole movie. They don't fight the whole movie. No. Okay, that's what Mike D said. They so. fight some. They fight at the beginning. They fight at the end. But you're just learning stories about. And I think it's based on a true story. Stop. <laughs> okay. it, it's, pre, it's pretty good. I give it 3.75 monkey suits. <laughs> Man, I, I want to watch it, but it stresses me out. Like, as Can't they fight in a place where they're not destroying things? I absolutely agree. Like, can't, can't we <laughs> like build them a big field. ring? I agree. But it, dude, they're too big for an open field. <laughs> but is Mike, Mike D does Movie Mike's podcast. Did you like it? I love that movie, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's okay. got the girl from uh, Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, 11? Yeah, okay. 7. 11. 11. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, saying, I'm like quite positive. I'm thinking of 7-Eleven, obviously. <laughs> uh, I thought it was pretty good. So I, I was in. All right. We watched a couple episodes of Succession, which we could never really get into. We'd watch like five episodes, and we're like, what are we missing with this show? And then now it's, it's just now at the end of season one starting to get good to us. Okay, good. Finally. But we're like, what are we missing? Are we, we're like, are we not smart enough for this show? But it's good. It's starting to get good. So watched a bunch of stuff. Um, what else? My original wedding date was going to be this past weekend. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's had, right. Had we been able to have the wedding the way we wanted to have it, because we delayed it because of the pandemic, it would have been this weekend. Man, you would have been married by now. On that day, it rained like crazy. Wow. Oh, what an amazing um, blessing. And Caitlin was like, I would have just been crying. I'd have yeah. been crying the whole time, thinking we're going to have a, a rained out wedding or a muddy wedding. So, but it was supposed to be our wedding day. It wasn't, uh, but it was good. We went went to the mall. We're walking around the mall because we were looking for Amy's daughter, some shoes. It was her birthday party. Went to her birthday party too. I'll tell you about that in a second because I kind of got in trouble with Amy's birthday party. Did you hear? No. What I, what I yelled at a kid? No. Okay. What? So anyway, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh, boy. oh, gosh. So we're, we're at the mall walking around, and we go and we grab something to eat real quick in the mall. And I see somebody waving at me. If they're in a mask and they have glasses on, I have no... It's just a person. I'm just like, hey, hey, guy. Hey, girl. It, I just wave at everybody at this point. And so I go back to eating, and she's like, hey. So she pulls out her mask, and it was Karen Fairchild from Little Big Town. Ah, nice. Yeah. And so she was waiting, and she come, she came over, and we talked for like 15 minutes. And it was great. Good to see her again. And... She's just really, I always say it, they're the nicest people in Little Big Town. But, you know, we have a relationship with Karen that's pretty friendly outside of even the radio show. But it was great to see her. First time she had met Caitlin, though. Oh, we, really uh-huh. we really haven't met anybody yeah. that's not in our super circle. You know, we're just now starting to go out and, you know, be around folks and stuff. So I saw Karen Fairchild at the mall. <laughs> Celebrities are just like us. That's just like right. us. They're shopping at the mall. They're eating at the mall. Uh, let's see. I went to Amy's daughter's 14th birthday party. 
Crazy to think she's 14 Dang. years old. I know. How long did you adopt her? Well, uh, she arrived when she was 10. And now she's 14. So she got here at 10. When did I meet her? What was she, nine? Am I out to the orphanage in Haiti? Maybe eight or nine. Crazy. I can't remember when you went to Haiti because you went without me. Yeah, true. <laughs> so she's 14. I think we're, we're very close to your daughter. We go over and I want to get her some good shoes. And Caitlin wants to get her some shoes. So we got her some furry Uggs. And then we got her some Jordans. And it was a nice little birthday party, but with a lot of really good people there. Swimming pool, food. And upstairs, Amy has a ping pong table at her house. And I was like, I'll go play some ping pong. Actually, Amy's daughter was like, let's go play ping pong. So I go up and Amy's daughter's terrible. She was like, I'm good, I'll beat you. She's terrible. I hit her with the ball twice. And then she was like, I quit. Well, another kid grabs it and he's like, I'll play you. And he's like 12 or 13. And he starts whooping me. Okay. And he's whooping me. And I get a point on him and I nailed it. I like hit it on the table and it hit him in the chest. And I was like, yeah, suck it. Oh, I did. oh my I gosh, know. I know. And, oh, and he's a pastor's kid. Oh, great. <laughs> I didn't think about it. Did he cry? I, no. Okay. And I didn't mean to say it like that. I just, th- that's what I yell at a friend. Awesome. And oh, Caitlin man. goes, you can't say that. And I was like, say what? She goes, when you hit that ball, you yelled, hey, suck it. <laughs> You're like, I did? I was like, oh, I shouldn't say that. So I like to apologize publicly that's just something I yell in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. He's whooping my butt pretty good. Yeah. And he continued to whoop my butt. He beat me pretty bad two times in a row. So, but I did, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are competitive, so I understand how that took over. But yeah, let's <laughs> let's lay off the suckets. You know, I... I <laughs> to the kids. <laughs> no more suckets to the kids. Okay. I good. promise. All it was right. an accident. And then I had a friend who had a birthday party. And we go over, and it was a really... Was, he's an adult. And how old is he? 35-something? <laughs> Our friend? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably yeah, young 30s. He's a, a songwriter in town that's got some number one songs. He's had some success. So Eddie and I drive over, and we're, we're eating, and we sit around in a circle. And because it's Nashville, they just pass the guitar around, and they're famous songwriters there, and they're all playing hit songs. And so they're playing, and it goes all the way. And I don't have a left-handed guitar, so I didn't play anything. And so it goes all the way around. Well, Eller, the dog we adopted, got really sick right before we came over. And she ate some stuff from the house. Even ate a couple of those packs to say, don't eat. You know, those, those little package packs. Oh, oh, oh Like yeah. poisonous, don't eat. She threw them up, but we're like kind of watching over. And we had been there a couple hours and we had to get home to check on her. So we left after this guitar went all the way around. But it got to Eddie and I was like, I got to go before Eddie gets a guitar again. <laughs> because I know he's going to want to play a Raging Idiot song and want me to sing. It's exactly what I wanted. And so right before I got to him, I was like, we got to go. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> and I was like, just do one. Please. But, but uh, we did it. What did, you, what did you end up playing? Uh, namaste. Oh, you did? It's kind of, I mean, it's it's hard because, you know, like we sing that together. You take most of the vocals. So when I'm by myself, I'm like, oh, boy, I don't know Bobby's parts, which is most of the song. So good luck. It was a fun birthday. I'm never, I, I'm rarely home to be able to do stuff like that. So I had a, had a really good weekend and met some listeners at the mall yesterday. It's just starting to be more normal-ish, you know? Yeah. Starting good. To be, starting to be more. How'd you feel about your daughter's birthday? I I've, I felt good about it. I mean, it's still, we are still in a pandemic. So some parts didn't feel totally normal. Like there's some kids from her school that we, we didn't invite because we were still trying to keep it small. And, but I think overall she was happy and that's all that matters to me. Yeah. She seemed very happy. Yeah. Let's go over and talk to Sarah, who is in Georgia. Sarah, we appreciate you calling the show. What's going on with you? Okay, so it's hi guys. First off, but um, hey. sorry, but my question is, is that um, so it's finals week, and I'm a whore. I mean, like I'm I'm not the best like 
like test taker nor study person at all because my mind wanders like nobody's business. But um, my question was, what are some of the best study tips that y'all could give a, a college kid? Well, mine are going to be extremely cliche, but they are, they are known to work. You have to get enough sleep. You talk about focus. If you don't have the right amount of rest, you're not going to be able to focus. You're going to be exhausted. And if you're exhausted, you're not going to be dialed into those questions. So you got to get sleep. Obviously, you know how good you are at, at testing. So you got to sleep right. You got to eat right. Hopefully that room's a little chilly, but also take a, take a little jacket with you as well. Because if you're extremely uncomfortable, you're also going to be focused. It's just about focusing as much on those bubbles as you possibly can. That's the end of it. You know how you're going to do. It's finals week. Hopefully you got yourself ready for this. And what I want you to take from this, if you're not ready, is the next time they come up, you go, oh no, remember when I wasn't ready? I don't want that to happen again. I'm starting earlier this semester. So you are where you are. You just need to physically be ready for it. That's my advice. It's super cliche, but that's the best thing you can do for yourself now because you're kind of up S Creek unless you know the stuff. I could probably more so tell you what not to do because I, like you, not the best test taker. I procrastinate. Don't cram and stay up all night. Again, that's what I would do. But yeah, Bobby gave some great advice. I feel like he's the expert in this field. The expert in this field says you should study way yes. ahead of time and prepare yourself. But that's not, you can't always do that. But just remember, if you go into this one and you struggle, take something from it. Learn for next time. Like I'm not going to put myself in this situation again. All right, Sarah, you got it. Appreciate that call. Good luck. I wish I could just give you, like, always pick C. Ah, that's crap. That doesn't work. Ah, that's crap. No, no, no. Um, Marcy in Mississippi, you're on the show. I appreciate you calling. We were talking about a girl who tried to name her daughter Cora earlier, but her name accidentally, she was named Corn. They, they messed up the A and the N. What do you want to say about this? Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. I will tell you that the hospital screwed up my son's name. His name is Alexander, and they messed up his birth certificate and named him Alex Nader. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, so what'd you do? I had I spent about six months and a hundred dollars getting it fixed. They and couldn't so admit it was a typo. I mean, obviously, Alex Nader is a typo on their part. <laughs> they couldn't just go, "Hey, sorry about that, Marcy. We'll fix that right up." No, because it got filed with the state. And the worst part was they had brought me a worksheet to verify everything. And I told them then, "Tis wrong. Mm. You have spelled his name wrong. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll fix it. Well, they didn't. And I got his official birth certificate. And he was little Alex Nader. (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't leave it, right? You did fix it eventually. I did. I did fix it just as quickly as I could. Although, when I get aggravated at him now, I do call him Alex Snyder. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey, Marcy, thank you for the call. Appreciate you listening. All right, thanks. Y'all have a great day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. A uh, couple things. Number one, Gabby Barrett will be on the show tomorrow. Pretty excited about that. We'll get an update from Lunchbox tomorrow on these celebrity letters. He sent three celebrities a letter, Carrie Underwood, Oprah Winfrey, and The Rock, but he sent them as a seven-year-old. We're seeing if any of them responded. That'll be tomorrow as well. And tomorrow night... On Twitch, I'll be hosting the show from my house, doing On Time with Bobby Bones. If you have Twitch or you can download the app, uh, on on will be Jordan Davis, Nico Moon, producer Eddie, oh. and Caitlin. <laughs> oh, fun. This it, is a whole situation. Special so, guest. Yeah, yeah. Big day. Bobby Bones Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. 
This story comes to us from Little Rock, Arkansas. A 33-year-old man was getting out of jail about 2.40 a.m. because public intoxication. He's sobered up. Go on home. Keeps calling people. Has no ride. He walks out front and he's like, oh, there's a cop car running. Mm. The cop had taken someone in that he was booking into jail. So he jumped in the cop's explorer and drove it home. <laughs> just home. Just parked it. Yeah, parked it right in his apartment <laughs> complex right in front of his door. And they tracked it using GPS. And they were like, well, this guy just got out of jail. Knocked on the door. He's like, man, I just need a ride home. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't do any damage to the vehicle. Parked it. Turned it off. Everything. But what happens to him now? They, uh, he gets arrested for stealing the police vehicle. But do they take him? They don't take him back to jail, though, do they? Yeah. <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course they do. Where, where do they take you know, him? Like, they're like, oh, man, at least you didn't go and drive drunk. <laughs> I don't think they do that. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of hoping they would this time. All right. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. Thank you guys for hanging out. Amy, I know you saw that video that the B team made for you. Yes. I mean, it was so special. I started, I was like, I'm going to hold it together. I'm going to hold it together. And about, I don't know, 30 seconds in, I was bawling, crying. And I watched every single person, the listener, B-teamer, hold up a sign telling me that they're with me, thoughts and prayers. And it was so special. And there were different signs from all the different states. Yeah, it would show their face. It would take a selfie that just said, hey, love and prayers from California. Love and prayers from Arizona. Love and prayers from Kansas. And it was just, I mean, it was so special to see listeners, yes, all over the country just showing support. And a lot of them, you know, wearing Pimp and Joy. And just, it's just really amazing how how our listeners are connected to us and us to them. Like, I I just, I was speechless. Amy's dad passed away, if you wonder what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then they put together a super yeah. thoughtful video. And they even included some pictures of me and my dad at the end and some illustrations where I guess someone had you know, drawn out some of the photos and I, I was just blown away. It took a lot of time and effort and coordinating and it's super special. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And uh, everybody that listens, that's on the B team page or as a member of the B team. We appreciate you guys. Just yes. not for just for that, but for the All continued the support. So Gabby Barrett will be on tomorrow. Bye everybody. This is the Bobby Bones show. Bobby Bones. <laughs>